Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Alex McCarthy's Wrestling Daily. As you can see, I am TalkSport's Alex McCarthy and I'm joined by WrestleTalk's resident journo, uh, Louis Dangor, the prodigy himself. Louis, how are you, my friend? I'm really good, mate. I'm looking forward to this. We've been very excited about the launch of this show. So yeah, today's been a day that I've been counting down for a little while, so I'm looking forward to it. The boyhood dream to stand alongside me, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> it is for you, my friend. But yeah, here we are at the Wrestling Daily. This is going to be... Wrestle Talk's version uh, of having all things wrestling news. We're going to have some hot takes in there too. Maybe there'll be some from our wrestling journalism friends. Uh, I say friends in air quotes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, we've got, you know, we've got what I would like to call Louis the BSometer. Now, this is going to help all of you navigate the news in the wrestling world. And we're going to dig into some of that news, which includes uh, Becky Lynch and the proverbial return that Vince McMahon is apparently seeking. We're going to dig into why Goldberg was in the Thunderdome uh, and, many, and much, much more as we go through this show. So, man, there's a lot to look forward to. And this, of course, is the first of four episodes this week. And it will be like that every week, every Tuesday through Friday, 8 till 9 p.m. And at 9.30 on a Monday, we will, of course, have the post-pay-per-view show. And it just so happens we're going to have one on Monday after Helen and Cell, Lou. Um, before we kick into gear here, uh, let's remind everyone that if you do want to get interactive with this show, you do want to leave some comments. I know I can see some of you filling us up on the right-hand side. Uh, but if you do want to drop a super chat, we will read it out for any dollar amount. So please do get involved. Uh, that's what this show is all about. So talking about Helen and Cell, Lou, we had the go-home for Raw. Mm. I saw your tweet earlier saying this might be a better debut than Raw's premiere. Uh, <laughs> what did you think, my friend, before we jump into uh, the news? So it was a it was an interesting show. There were some parts which I liked. The Otis thing was hilarious. It was everything I like about wrestling. Goofy, a bit funny, comedy. I liked it. Uh, but a lot of the other parts of the show left a fair bit to be desired. I'm thinking Retribution. I'm even thinking the main event angle, which we'll, I presume, get on to talking just a little bit later about, uh, which just didn't feel like a go-home uh uh, sort of world title uh, uh, sort of go home segment. So it wasn't, I guess, the show that I was hoping for, for a season premiere and also go home episode uh, before Hell in a Cell. Well, look, we'll get back into that in a second. Uh, we know this Sunday we've got Bailey and Banks 
That is the the first meeting that everyone has been looking forward to for so long. Uh, that's, of course, in Hell in a Cell. Randy and Drew for their fourth time, third time? Third, third, it, yeah. yeah that's going down at Hell in a Cell. Uh, Drew looking for the clean sweep over Randy. And, uh, of course, we've also got, uh, is it Elias and Jeff Hardy? That's been announced. Yeah, because Jeff Hardy, we so we all know that Elias uh, wasn't run over by Jeff Hardy, but apparently Elias doesn't watch SmackDown or watch WWE TV, so Elias doesn't know that he wasn't run over by Jeff Hardy. So Jeff Hardy's got to prove himself to be innocent all over again, and yeah, we're we're getting that one on uh, Sunday as well. And of course, we've got Roman Reigns and Jay Uso going at it. Uh, that feud has been extended after basically they hit a home run at the last pay per view. And WWE are running with it. I love the Tribal Chief. I will say it here, say it proudly. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they can cook up. Let's circle back quickly, though. We, you know, we say this show is about news, and it is worth noting that Raw did not end the way that it was meant to end. Um, having spoken to a few people today, I have. I know you have Lou, as well, Lou. Um, I know that Randy Orton had more promo to give that he actually didn't get out because of timing restrictions. Um, we're hearing that a lot changed for Raw on the day of. I know that doesn't really count as news these days because <laughs> people expect that weekly. Um, but we do know that that is what's happened. So hmm, um, it's, it's to be expected. But with your big world title, the WWE title, is that an angle you can afford to chop for time, man? I, 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 what do we think, Lou? Um, you know, where, where did the show go long and how did they make this mistake? Because I thought Drew did a great job in his promo and I thought Randy was doing a great job in the first half of his. Yeah, uh, as you alluded to earlier, we, we both sort of heard that thing, so it was supposed to get longer than it was. Things, something ran over. And in terms of what did, what went long was Seamus and or not in terms of what went long over time. The right. match that was long was Kofi and and Seamus, but those two seem like the sort of consummate professionals that if they're told go out and have a 12 minute match, will not struggle to hit that beat and go for the 12 minutes or whatever it was. So I don't really know where, where it went over. Maybe it's sort of 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, a minute there. And then you add that up and that's five minutes before you even get into everything. And they did announce a lot for the show, but it was disappointing as I, as I sort of alluded to earlier to have, the go home angle just not feel like the the sort of big WWE title um, sort of closing closing segment before the pay per view. It didn't make me if I wasn't if this wasn't my job I wouldn't have gone damn I need to buy the pay per view or buy the network to watch this match. It didn't do that for me, and that's ultimately what you want out of a go home segment. Well, that's what a pay per view is meant to be. You're meant to pay to want to see it. And of course, the only yeah. real thing with the three Hell in a Cell matches on this card, you know, okay, none of them have taken place inside Hell in a Cell before, but two of them have happened before. So um, they've got their work cut out to make that happen. Um, staying with news at the moment, I believe WrestleVotes is doing what WrestleVotes does and has been dropping news at the moment. Here we are with the upcoming Survivor Series pay-per-view will be built around the 30th anniversary of The Undertaker, the recently retired Undertaker nonetheless, including him making a live appearance on the show. A sort states, as of now, The Undertaker will not be wrestling at the event. Uh, hmm, curious, because it's normally Battle of the Brands and all things of that nature. We don't know if NXT will even be included because of the COVID connotations and stuff, Lou. But talk to me, man. Um, what do you make of this news? And had you heard any rumblings? I, I, I had heard that they might 
and this is earlier this year, right, that Taker might do something in Survivor Series because it was 30 years. But that had all gone quiet. I actually hadn't heard anything about this. Well, I even just fantasy booking, regardless of sources, my big sort of hope was for him to retire at the show 30 years on. It made sense. Um, I suspected when Raw Underground was sort of, when, when reports came out that it was shut down because of uh, sort of the NXT lot, NXT lot coming over and there was just too much mixing. I speculated we probably wouldn't see Raw versus SmackDown versus NXT or, or even Raw versus SmackDown, period. I think it will be something retribution-based. They've got five Ooh. members. Possibly something, possibly the first ever four men, one woman, potentially, intergender match. Um, but I, I'm actually taking this as a bit of a positive because I hate the Raw, Raw versus SmackDown thing. It's the, right, really? you, and I, you and I are blood feuding. But for this one month, we don't care. We're just we really care about Raw. The right, show we were the show quickly. we were drafted to. Tell what me was it wasn't the best few months of TV ahead of Survivor Series last year. Tell me that wasn't the best month of TV for Raw and SmackDown. The bar is so low. This is a <laughs> this is an unfair. It's like saying you and I could protect you. You, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. yes, it is exciting, and to see whenever you see five of the top guys standing in the ring in the main event. It is always impressive. It is always great to see these two, just all the biggest stars that are normally in their own separate programs come together. So it is exciting, but in storyline, it doesn't make sense. It, why does mm. Randy, why would Randy and Drew, who probably would be on team raw care about teaming together when they've just spent the last four months tearing each other apart? And in many cases, some have just arrived on that brand. You'd be yeah. like Jeff Hardy going to Raw, like, I bleed red. You can't stop me. I love Raw. Uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I'll, I'll grant you that. But what I did like about last year was that there was the NXT connotation. And then yeah. you had like Kevin Owens and Seth, and they were teasing like, because their roots are in NXT, maybe they'd be more inclined to help Triple H. So there was kind of like a bit layered last year. Just to come back to Survivor Series, is Undertaker done? Yes or no? No way. Uh, I'm just going to use this for the first time because I really want to. He's not done. <laughs> That's the BSometer saying, no, Undertaker is nope. not done. I think he's got a couple in the chamber, especially with the whole, uh, oh, yeah, if Vince needs me line, you know, I, I feel like, do you think uh, Mania is, is the one really, isn't it? Him and Styles in a live crowd, probably? Uh, who knows what it'll be? It will be whatever they want it to be, but he will be... Uh, if he will probably be at Mania, he will probably be at the next Saudi show. I have no, but I, well, as soon as uh, the whole oh Undertaker's retired thing and the the last ride documentary, which was fantastic, but I thought not even for a second thought. Damn, we've seen the retirement of the Undertaker. I I, I don't see it. Mm. Well, speaking of someone who probably should retire, oh, uh, let's get onto the news and talk about Goldberg. Uh, of course, we've had this. Uh, this revelation that he would be turning up on SmackDown pretty much only a few hours before the show and um, that he was going to be in the Thunderdome. And yeah, it looks like he is primed for some kind of return, but they don't quite know when. So inside the ropes have been reporting that Goldberg was there to kind of boost the ratings for SmackDown, which unfortunately for WWE didn't actually happen. They didn't break over 2 million of the overnight ratings. And since Roman Reigns has been back, they've been doing comfortably north of 2 million. So uh, not a success in that regard, but apparently Goldberg is more looking for the R WrestleMania and R Royal Rumble season, as per the report. Um, makes me uncomfortable 
that Goldberg is lurking around the title again. That's not something I particularly want. And especially Roman Reigns while he's on this tear, unless Roman's going to run through him, Lou. Um, so let's jump into it. Let's use the BSometer at the end of this chat um, for the first time in earnest. Uh, yes or no, do we think there has a lot of merits on this report that Goldberg is heading for a major match next year? I could see it. It's not something that I that I that I would look at and sort of go, I can't see it. I could see, like Undertaker, if Vince goes, Hey Bill, you got one more in you? And he goes, Yay, yes, I do. Here we go. He, he said in interviews, he's under contract. <laughs> he, he said he's under contract for which I actually reported around Mania time this year. He's two matches per year. Um, and he's got two years? more, two more years three, left. That's what I'm saying. He had a three year deal, right? And he's yeah. kind of done the first year of that. Yeah. So he's got it in him. He, 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 I mean, he's got the dates for it. Um, I could see it being a Mania. So, I, what are we going to give this on the BSometer? What, what are you thinking? Well, I've, I've heard. Um, very much similar things. I heard that it was a last-minute job to try and help boost the SmackDown, you know, the the season premiere, uh, even though they're not really premieres, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, I, that was what I had heard. And, of course, I don't know what they're using Goldberg for next year, um, and I don't like it that they're lingering around the title, but I've heard the same things. He's got two matches a year, uh, and they are looking to bring him back in Royal Rumble uh, WrestleMania season. So... I've got no choice but to be nice to Inside the Ropes and say there is zero BS going on here. We're in the green. We're in the and green. That's good. You want the green. Green is good. Yeah. Uh, if 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 we think there's some doubt, you get this. Ooh, bit of yellow, bit of yellow. Uh, and of course, if it's bad, if it's Undertaker saying he's retired, it's <laughs> all the way in the red. So there you have it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Uh, moving on into other news, Lou. Becky Lynch is making a hell of a lot of headlines and it pains me to say this in many ways due to their character and not their reporting. But Ringside the News obviously reported that Becky Lynch was backstage at SmackDown on Friday. Of course, there's a litany of reasons why she would have been with Seth Rollins making his debut there. Becky and Sasha, uh, Bailey and Sasha being there too. She could just be there to see some friends. Um, but of course, off the back of this, I believe Meltzer and Ringside, of course, have been saying that they're looking at her versus Rousey at WrestleMania 37. That's what Vince McMahon wants. That's what he's aiming towards. Personally, I haven't heard that latter. I do know she was there Friday, though. So, Lou, talk me through it. So, it's a difficult one because at the end of the day, we don't know. So, so Becky's obviously pregnant. A lot of it depends on that. Really? How how she, (laughs) obviously, how she (laughs) feels. I mean, she could feel like a return maybe now and say, yeah, that might happen, but she might not feel that way in a couple months, obviously, once things progress. So I think that it might be a tentative plan, but I by no means think it's the sort of thing where WWE have said this will 100% be the main event of WrestleMania. Vince might want it, but who knows whether the pieces will fall into place. Becky will want to return after having child and feel safe to obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the the situation at hand in the wider world with covid how next year is going to look would you want to see that match in front of no fans probably mm. not if we're still in the thunderdome so i think there are a lot of variable variable factors sort of uh, at play here that might make me think this might be an idea they've had and something that's thrown about but to say it would be the 100% plan for the main event i don't think uh is sort of factual right now. Listen, from my point of view, um, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, of course, it's big money, right? Like anybody could make that assumption. Any any reporter, per se, could say that Vincent Mann wants that match because, of course, it's the biggest match in women's wrestling, probably, right? Given the history and the star power there. Of course, it makes the world of sense. Um, I know she was there Friday. I have no idea if any business was spoken. I highly doubt it. You know, she's two months away from having a baby, for for crying out loud. Um, I think, obviously, if there's a crowd and you can get it done at Mania, fantastic. That is going to be a big-time matchup. Is it likely, given um, that Becky's just going to be new into parenthood and that means so much to her? Probably not. Um, I, I would be really surprised if it did happen. But at the same time... Would I be surprised if Vince had even asked her about it? Maybe not. So, yeah. um, you know, there, there's two ways to that. Before we finalise this, uh, Bacon Rasher, we got a super chat from him. Uh, do you think Goldberg would get the same reaction he did in the old days if he was to debut the same way now? Great to have you on Wrestle Talk, Alex. Uh, hashtag J that J Jam that Jam. Thank you, Bacon Rasher. I appreciate that. Um, Ah, oh, man. I mean, was he even... When you say old days, I'm assuming you mean how he was used in WCW because his WWE debut, although it was cool with The Rock, from there it kind of went yeah, a bit downhill. Um, I just... I don't know if he's got it in him now to be anything more than the few plays he's got in his playbook. Do you know what I mean? The jackhammer, the spear, which he isn't actually doing that well either. And I know I sound like such a hater. I do on Twitter, and I realise this. I've come to terms with this. But at the same time, like, it's not anything against him. You know, it's not his fault that Vincent Mann keeps offering him a truckload of money to wheel himself out um, for two two dates a year. But at the same time, I just, 
man, I don't want to see a Goldberg match these days. It's not even a match, is it? Like that's that's just me being that's just me being frank about it. So uh, on the Becky thing, Lou, I'm going to say medium BSometer. You? Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think it could happen. There there is a potential, but I think it's far too early to say whether that's something that we could both see happening because there's just so much at play that could make that uh, not a possibility. I think it has to be speculative a little bit. Like, I can't imagine Vince's pitch this to her two months away from her due date. I really, I really can't. But yeah. then again, maybe I'm being too generous on Vince. Who knows? So there we go. Yellow it is. Lovely. Lou, Lewis, my friend, shall we um, get to a hot take? We should. Go on, then. We're, we're, so this one is one that I particularly liked. Oh. This one from Adam Blompier. Okay. Um, is God, it? this. Uh, hi, Alex and Nugget. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, so my controversial hot take is that for the last 10 years, the best on-average performer in WWE the last decade has been Brock Lesnar. Uh, I think in terms of the matches that he's put out, the character that he's had, and the way uh, he gets under the skin of the audience, I think Brock is not only the most valuable asset that WWE's had over the last decade, but the one that's produced, when taken all together, the best work. Adam Bompier, so Isn't his hair hair coming back majestically? And so talented. He's been able to listen to this show before we've even done it, being being a long-time listener. But no, this is a hot take that I love, because I am... But I will go on record and say I'm Brock's biggest fan. I don't know he if it's is. a hot take, though. Like, it's a... I mean, it Maybe it's hot in the sense that, you know, putting him number one streets ahead, sure. I mean, please, Lou, elaborate for me. I think if you came out and said, I want it... So, I know uh, Luke and Ollie did a draft, a mock draft. I was thinking, if I did it, who would be the first name on my list? And it would be Brock over Roman overdrew and it's me me thinking Brock offers so much none of his matches are like anything else on the card and that is so rare in WWE where you can look at a match and go that is that that isn't like anything we've seen when he cares and I think Stone Cold and uh, Kurt Angle both said this on their uh uh, their po- the podcast they did in the WWE Network that released last month. When he cares and he likes you, he will sell his ass off for you. We've seen that with Brian. We've seen that with uh, even Goldberg, who we were talking about earlier. Which that WrestleMania 33 match, I think even you will admit, very good match. Probably Goldberg's last great match. I think I, I I think this is not a hot take in my eyes, but if you if you put this on Twitter, you'd probably get a lot of people saying I don't want to see Gold, uh, Brock Lesnar anymore. I don't like him. This that for me, he's a most valuable asset WWE have got. I like uh, this from Abnav. Uh, completely agree. Only other close one is Roman or AJ. That is a good take. I quite like that. Um, for me on Lesnar, I think. Uh, Having spoken to, to, there was a time where I got frustrated with Lesnar, right? Like where uh, it, it was one of them. I went to WrestleMania 34 in New Orleans, and a lot of a lot of Brock's matches had got the same, right? It was a kind of suplex city domination, blah blah blah. Um, and it was, you know, it's fine, but at the same at the same point, like it wasn't achieving the goal. Roman wasn't getting over. 
the feuds weren't working with Brock in that position. And I left the arena that night and I've never heard such terrible boos. Awful boos. I mean, I mean, I had for Roman actually the night after WrestleMania <laughs> the year before. But I mean, for a match that to be received that way, it was awful. Um, and I just felt sorry for them, to be honest. Um, but having said that, Brock, and I've always been a huge fan of Brock since like the 2002-2004 run. And the work that he has put in, like, as you say, when motivated, I've spoken to Drew McIntyre. I've spoken to even Kofi Kingston, who has every reason to not like <laughs> Brock Lesnar um, or Vince. Um, he has, you know, they are so, they praise him so much for the way that he goes about his business and how savvy he is for putting things together. Um, it's just, man, like, I feel like his brain is underestimated in the business. And what people don't realise, the 2020 Royal Rumble, the whole time that Brock was in was essentially by Brock and Heyman. They essentially mm -hmm. put that together. I know that for fact. So it's like, how can you, and that's one of the best halves of a rumble you'll ever see in terms of yeah. like stories that, and how it layered and built to Drew getting his big moment. Honestly, it was sensational. Um, we got a super chat here from, uh, that's a long thing to, to, a long name to read out, but Mr. Davis, number one fan we're going to go with. Uh, watch Brock VCM Punk from SummerSlam 2013. You're absolutely right. That is another sensational bit of work from Brock Lesnar. Um, in fact, like before the Suplex City run, he had quite a lot. Like even the feud with Triple H, I thought was good, Louis. Yeah, it it was it was, and I'm going to mention one thing. But what you said earlier, one moment that always sticks out to me, and I think Drew probably told you this in interviews that you've done. He's I think he told everyone this story, which was a great story. When they did that, he did the claymore kick at the top of the ramp and did a couple, and and Brock said to him, and you could hear it on camera, pick up the title. Brock knows how to make these things work. He said to Drew, you pick up the title and hold it up. He's always trying to get people over. And I think Adam Blompier did a list this week on uh, the top 10 sellers in WWE. And Brock was on that list. I won't give away anything else because check that out because it was an Good awesome time. list. He put Brock on that list. And when Brock sells, does those jelly legs, he's awesome. So yeah, and that was another example of that SummerSlam match where Brock you. was fantastic. It was me that Drew told that to, Louis, before you pinched that away. Um, <laughs> that was my exclusive interview, I'll have you know. And yes, I am precious about it. Uh, let's get into another super chat from Rian here. Great show so far, guys. On Adam's point, would you guys be interested in seeing R-Truth versus Brock Lesnar? Surprisingly, Brock seems fully invested. Yes, I would one be interested, Rian. Of course I would. Who wouldn't? Um, obviously, again, speaking of my interview work... <clears throat> Uh, I spoke to R-Truth the other week and he was giving me the full story about uh, Brock Lesnar and the backstage uh, parts of that. And man, if you haven't heard it, please go uh, and watch the interview or read the interview that I put up on TalkSport.com. Man, uh, the story he gives is so good, isn't it, Louis? Like just about how Brock was like laughing his ass off. Um, and he, he, Brock, like imagine that. Brock comes backstage and says to veteran R-Truth, man, we have to do something together. Like, I don't know about you, like, yeah, I'd watch that in a match, but like, I want to see them tag team. Give me a tag team run. <laughs> R-Truth and Lesnar. Like, R-Truth just doing all this stuff, but Lesnar just dominating and winning all the matches. It's like, like Killian Dane and Drake Maverick on steroids is what it would be. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about a tag team, but a match, a one-off, where we just see some comedy and some, some light-heartedness and then just a, let's put it frank, murder of a, not, not literal murder, but figurative murder where Brock just, throws them around the ring. And people don't realise, truth, truth, is, truth is a good hand in the ring. 
a very solid hand. He can he can still go, and he's not young, so kudos to him. So people think, oh, he's just comedy. He's got a lot of upside, and I think I would be interested in seeing. I'm not going to main event WrestleMania with it, but <laughs> I'd, I'd be interested. Our truth can do the splits. So if that's not grounds for a push, I don't know what is, Louis. Can you not? <laughs> I can't, <laughs> barely. I can barely walk. I like, I'm like Matt Hardy when he came out to WWE the first time. <laughs> right, terrible. Um, oh, we're another Stewie chat. Rianne is on, biz on business tonight. Uh, Brock Lesnar is our truth 24 7 bodyguard. Book it. You know, they talk about how Brock Lesnar's technically a free agent at the moment um, because WWE didn't obviously want to pay for him while they can't use him. Um, man, I, I think if they were going to bring him back, it's not going to be a tag team and it's not going to be the 24-7 bodyguard. Although, give me that in a skit and I would enjoy it very much. You know, he's there for a night's work anyway. Make him work. Make him earn it for once. Should, um, we, should we talk about bodyguards? Uh, we can do. You want that's a great pivot from yourself there, Nugget. Look at me uh, with my segues. I know it's almost <laughs> like you're a veteran. Um, so let's talk about that then. AJ Styles obviously coming back to Raw, but he did not come alone. Very Shawn Michaels Diesel esque from my point of view. Um, you know we've got talk us through Louis what we've got here. So we have got seven foot three Jordan. I'm so his name I believe is said. Or Mog Bean? I'm you, we're going to go with that. Did you notice or that I corrected you before I had to say it? <laughs> of course you did. Big Jordan. And if you notice, commentary called him the big guy. I think that's also just either a shot or Ryback, which no one can blame him for. And uh, yeah, that too. That I missed a bit with AJ Bang on the money with that, by the way. I, I was yeah. disappointed. But I'm, I'm assuming they just wanted something a bit more serious because Joseph Parks was cracking me up alongside Stan. He was. But it's so that there was a report today from Meltzer that said they've put him in this role, Jordan, uh, in this role because he is slow in the ring. I believe was the quote. He might not be able to move around, and his development hasn't been great, supposedly. Which, if we're doing the BSometer, I can one hundred percent believe. Nothing against him; he is just a big boy. I was speaking to a wrestler about it. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I was speaking to a wrestler about it, who themselves is a big, he's like, he's a big boy. And he said, I went up to him and he he's tall. He is a tall boy. So him in this role. On Raw Underground, like that's when I was like, and I've seen Braun Strowman in the flesh who looks like a giant. And this, you know, Jordan, we're going to call him. I was like, man. Um, it's for him to tower over over Braun. Man, imagine the size of him. When he came face to face with Big Show, right? When he was the ninja and he was bigger than Big Show, and you're like, yeah. Oh my lord, he really is. So it's not it's not too surprising that he's not moving around well. I mean, how yeah. seven foot three, man. Like, how yeah. how fast can you be? So I worked out the difference between Drew McIntyre and Rey Mysterio is the same difference between Drew McIntyre. And Jordan, Big Jordan, the wow. difference in height. So when you think, oh, big little matchup, Rey Mysterio and, and uh, Drew McIntyre, that'd be great to see. You think about the height difference when they'd stand uh, nose to nose. That's the same difference with this what? Jordan Why and haven't Drew. Yeah, that's a great tweet. <laughs> Do that. You've got to break the news and the exclusive and my little height measurements on a show like this, the debut of Wrestling Daily. That's true. That's true. 
And but it's, it, it does leave options where could he then step in the ring with Styles' opponents and Styles goes, right, you can get through me. You can If you can get through Jordan, you can get through me. Don't know if I'd be interested in seeing that. But the partnership's something new, so willing to give it at least a couple weeks and see how it plays out. All right, super chat from the mayor of Painesville, Dan. Welcome, my friend. Hello, guys. Isn't it amazing Brock never went for a mid-card or tag title? Hmm... No, but no. I, I, I think just because of the, if you watched in 2002, like from the moment he debuts, it is clear that he is like some kind of phenomenon. He's not yeah. meant anything but the top. Um, you know, inside a year, he's demolishing Undertaker in one of the most brutal Hell in a Cell you'll ever see. You know, he's he's winning King of the Ring. He, he wins the title, drops the title just so he can win the Royal Rumble. He literally, you know, and then he beats Kurt Angle. Inside a year at WrestleMania, this is. So, man, he was always destined for the top. And the thing is with Brock, he only worked that full-time schedule for two years. Just two mm. years. It, it, and sometimes it's really fun to go back and watch that. He had some great TV matches, Rey Mysterio being one, actually, towards the end of 2003. Um, but it's just like, since he's come back and he's kind of like this prize fighter, you're not going to see too much of that. Like, I would have loved to have seen, you know, you could have been Brock in a number of good tag teams, when CM Punk and Paul Heyman lined up, I thought that might have been cool. I'd like to see him and Roman tag in the big time match. I have no idea who they face, but now would be cool. Um, Shelton Benjamin, the Minnesota stretching crew, I would have liked to have seen them do something together, maybe in their their primes in the early 2000s. But I don't think a mid-card title. Like, the thing about Brock is that he is box office. That is the whole purpose of Brock, and especially since he's come back. So... Um, it's intriguing though. If someone had had the title, maybe that he just wanted to be, that could have been a way to do it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he's always about the top prize in the game, isn't he? Brock is, I mean, the closest he's come to that sort of level is money in the bank, I guess, where it's sort of not, not a mid card thing, but something that and definitely should be reserved for up and comers, young talent. Um, so seeing him win that was weird in itself. He did that Brock, bit of boombox thing which was just hilarious but um would i be interested in seeing him go for a mid-card title i don't think so because i think it devalues it the thing about brock that i like anyway is when he comes in he comes in for the main event or he's he's not he he's not interested he wrestles first so he can get out of there or he's on last so I think it makes him feel like a prize fighter, makes him feel like a, a big deal. So that's probably why. Uh, and you said he's a smart businessman. If if it was something that was pitched, like, oh, you can go after the IC title. Don't know if that'd be something that even interested him. No. And let me tell you something. Um, since we're talking of segues and pivots, I've got one of my own here. Uh, so Lila Oaks says, here's a hot take. Keith Lee's theme is actually good. I'm going to discuss this and then we're going to talk about Raw's theme because, of course, they've made a change and Louis claims it's a banger. So anyway, first off, Keith Lee's theme, good or not, I think I'm kind of still stuck on the old theme, though. The old theme was so good. It was just mm. Keith Lee, summed him up perfectly. Exactly. That's what you want from an entrance theme. You want someone to walk down to the ring 
and you know as much as you can about them. Any wrestler you speak to will say, what you do in the ring is important, but the entrance and the first 10 seconds that you have with the audience are the most important thing. And that summed up, Keith. You can hear his charisma just oozing through his entrance music. So when you he comes on the main roster and he's, res- he's wrestling in the skirt, as we all like to call it, and with the entrance music, it just sort of was a combination of the two that everyone was a bit like, and if his entrance music wasn't that good to begin with, we might not have been that bothered. But it was so good that I can't really get over that. So I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with your hot take and say right. that I was a big fan. I, I think I I do too, but respectfully so because I don't I don't I do think um, the first time I heard it, I was more like aghast, like oh that's terrible. Whereas it's not terrible. It's just a bit yeah. of a departure from the other one. Um, but speaking of which, and guys in the comments, please let us know. The Raw theme, I think this sucks. (laughs) I really do. I don't think this is a song that's conducive to a wrestling opening. Um, For me, and I don't know whether this is because I've been conditioned this way by WWE and like, you know, because hard rock or whatever is not even what I would listen to, right? But it's kind of what I've come to expect from a wrestling show. So whether that's just through years of wrestling, I, I posted this on Twitter earlier as many people seem to agree, uh, sort of 2000 Attitude Era intro for Raw, that is my favourite. Closely followed by um, play the funky music, move into the music, you know, 2002-ish to 2006. That yeah. one that one is my second. So I think um, they're my two favourites. I'd love to hear what people think about that in the comments. Because um, for me, oh, Pete, stop hitting the nail on the head, mate, but he's done it again. It's a, mm. it's a it's a decent song, but it is not a wrestling song, Louis. No, I I hundred percent agree. When I said a banger as as a tune in isolation, and you, we, I think it's a running joke on this channel. I don't listen to music for. I would never just sit and listen to music. But that song has been stuck in my head. Whoa, 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 whoa. Before we move back, you don't listen to music at at all. Music app deleted from my phone. What do you, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what do you, like, do you exercise? Do you run? Yeah, ever? yeah, po- podcast. You, you put a podcast on? Yeah. yeah man. Normally, normally your interviews, so That's normally accurate. your interviews, normally your interviews are on in the background, so be careful what you say, because you'll be losing a bit of revenue if you tell me to stop listening and to listen to music That's instead. That, that, that is fair. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> first of all, no Burger King, no KFC, and he doesn't listen to music. You're an anomaly, Lou. Why? I am an enigma. That's what they call me. But that song has been stuck in my head. And I 100% agree. It is not a song that suits a wrestling show. It doesn't sort of get me hyped. I guess things for Are You Ready for a Good Time for SmackDown, that isn't either. But it's sort of a little bit iconic. Yeah. yeah. First, I don't know who, I don't know who Louis with an E is, but <laughs> Louis with an S uh yeah louis with an s doesn't listen to music he listens to podcasts he listens to wrestling but yeah wrestling anything but no it's it's a good song in isolation for a theme of raw no okay i'm with you on that lou you're gonna get no arguments from me um let's have another hot take and this one is from another journalist friend of ours a guy i like very much actually old cvv himself uh, a quizzlemania veteran chris van vliet what's my friends, it's Chris Van Fleet, and I don't think I'm going to get a lot of support on this, but uh, I don't care. Here we go. The Miz was a great WWE champion. 
And on top of that, The Miz deserves to be WWE Champion again. Few people have been as consistent as he's been over the last 15 years. Think about it. Also, vleet that vleet. Couldn't forget that vleet, vleet that vleet. Um, I don't hate this one. You know, The Miz, uh, he, I don't know if he's great WWE Champion. For me, like Drew McIntyre is having a great run as WWE Champion. I can't say that Miz has got classics in his bank. Does he deserve or has he deserved to be WWE Champion again? Yes, of course he has. He had that run in 2016 where he was tremendous, man. He was on fire on SmackDown. Part of that brand split, he should have been pushed right up to the top. When Ambrose was up there with Styles, Miz should have been in the mix too. And then when Daniel Bryan comes back in 2018, you could have had them two feud over the title. Everyone thought that was what's going to happen, man, and it just didn't. And I've, I felt like that was a missed opportunity. They kind of rushed it and had it at SummerSlam, I believe. I've yeah. just said off the cuff. Could be wrong. Um, but uh, and I just felt like that was a story they could have got to WrestleMania easily. Um, yeah. He missed. should have won. So what, in my view... And we're going to listen to a little bit of Louis Dangle fantasy booking here. So, Miz should have won that year's Money in the Bank. Brian should have fought for the title against AJ Styles earlier, nearly beat him or been close to beating him, have Miz cash in and then extend that to Mania, have Brian finally win the Rumble and extend mm. that to Mania. Miz. This comment from Rain says, Miz was great on promos, but average in the ring. He's right, but... So, two points here. Firstly, as an 11-year-old who was watching at the time of Miz was WWE champion, he was so annoying. I hated him. But that was the point. Yes. Uh, he was supposed to be annoying. He was supposed to be that annoying heel that you didn't like, that got under your skin. He played the cowardly role right. And... On the comment of him being average in the ring, what I will say about Miz is there is something about the fact that he never gets injured. He is always consistently in the ring being able to perform. His matches might not be like a Daniel Bryan where he's running and sort of through the ropes very nearly right. all of our hearts in our mouth. It might not be about it. It won't be. <laughs> it's, he's safe in the ring. And part of me respects that. Part of me goes, you know what? Fair play to you. You're, you're safe in the ring. You are the king of soft style, I believe people call him. Mm -hmm. And part of, me, part of me respects that about him. So I do have a lot of time for The Miz. And as someone that, and I appreciate that WWE can rely on him for media appearances, for sh sort of guest shows if they need someone to go on. He is a fantastic front man for the company. He's someone that if yep. I was in charge of WWE PR, I wouldn't worry, oh, what's he going to say in an interview? That's a vision. I'd, <laughs> it is a vision, but I, I wouldn't say, oh, I worry what he's going to do in an interview. I could say, I trust Miz. Miz, Miz is just, he, know, he knows what to say. So, yeah, he, he's, I've got a lot of time for Miz. Two comments I'm going to, you know, come up with here. Injection 2K, I agree with uh, with Miz should be champion right now. And I don't know about that. Um, I think he needs to get some steam behind him first, because whatever him and Morrison are doing is more of a comedy thing. Um, I think I wouldn't take the title off Drew. And I certainly wouldn't take it off Roman. Um, so I don't know where you would put Miz in that equation. But I do think he deserves more than the one run that he's had. There's no doubt about that. Interestingly, Chris Duncan says, Miz was okay, better IC or US champion than WWE champ. And that is really, really hard to argue. 
Like, yeah. and whether that's because Miz has been put in that position and those are the cards he's been dealt and, you know, they, they fall where they are and he's made the best of what he could. When Miz had that feud with Dolph Ziggler and it, I think even Ziggler put his career on the line, like they had that real great series in SmackDown. That was over the IC belt. That's one of the last times, in, or I should say, in the last decade, one of the times where the IC title was felt the most important. Yeah. Miz has done a fantastic job at making the IC title feel important. And that's really not, um, it's not an easy thing to do by any stretch of the imagination. You know, people seem to think you can put the belt on someone and, and there have been bigger stars that have had the belt in that time, but that doesn't necessarily equate to a big star or a big moment or the title meaning a lot. And oh, on that note, that's very interesting. Abnav thinks that Miz is the best IC champion ever. And I'm going to say it. I, I think he's in that conversation. I wouldn't, I'm not sure yeah. I'm going to commit to saying he's the best because um, there are a lot of good ones um, out there. Like Jericho, of course, is his legendary status with that. But if someone who actually treats the belt and raises the stock of that belt while he has it, very hard pressed for anyone to tell me someone who's done it better than The Miz. Yeah, in terms of modern day, 100%, he'd be in that conversation, probably number one. Um, and on the note of obviously, we love seeing your guys hot takes in the comments, but if you want to get them on, on the show like we've been doing with Chris and Adam and one more that's to come, uh, my Twitter's there, so just tweet them to me and you feature on the show because we, we want this show to be obviously about your guys, hear your guys' hot takes and what you guys have got to say because if there's anything about wrestling Twitter that I've known and wrestling media, it's, it's very divisive. So we want to hear what you guys have got to say. It's stuff like this. So send me a 30-second video with your hot take, something you feel passionate about that people might not agree with, and you could potentially feature on the show. Well, here's a, that's a very good point from Louis. And here is another little hot take coming up here from Pierre. I think Sami Zayn would be a great Money in the Bank winner, just given the gimmick he currently has. Now, I am not huge on the Sami Zayn character, or I wasn't is what I should say, back at WrestleMania. I, I was fuming that I didn't get the Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan match that I wanted. I mention it nearly every show that I have <laughs> because that could have been a show stealer. You say that five, six years ago to someone, Sami Zayn-Daniel Bryan, with time at WrestleMania. My God, that's a match of the ages that people would have clamoured for. But unfortunately, that's not what we got. We got uh, Cowardly Zayn and all of these interferences and whatnot. And I understand there wasn't a crowd but at the same time, that wasn't truly representative of what Sami Zayn is. The ladder match we just saw with AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, that is the guy, okay? That performer in that match, the way that match went down, absolutely excellent. And um, I, I just think for Sami Zayn anyway to push on to the next realm, to be that proper top guy, his work will do that for him. And, and eventually he'd be the baby face because people just love him too much. Like in terms of the worker that he is, I, I think it's very hard position him as the top heel um but that's just me I, I i do think that's a very good point from alex smith down here um that is something that smackdown is going to have in their back pocket i would actually like to see ko and zane as tag champs i've said this okay i'd like that and then split off and give me what alex smith says yeah, but definitely that dynamic of the way round of face yeah. KO and heel zone because we haven't had that in a while. Maybe they sort of what you can have that face and heel team where KO's but Zayn's potentially cheating, and I like the way what he's doing now of being a bit outsmarting his opponents with the handcuffs. It's probably not 
morally the right thing to do, but he's not bending the rules. So something like that, where you can have a uh, a heel and face dynamic, and then you can spin off into a feud. Maud Mother knows. Maud Mother knows what to do there. Um, so yeah, just to to clarify there, get your you know hot takes in there to Louis, of course, but also get super chatting with us in the uh, in the comments too, where we have to read it out. Um, and of course, there we go. Mod mother, Lady Lou, she knows. She knows. She knows. Um, we haven't talked about Mustafa Ali, Lou. Come on, man. We've got to talk about retribution. We, we glanced over it in the beginning, but we do have to talk about them casually mentioning that Ali was the hacker. I don't know if you've seen the promo, but it is very much like, oh, yeah, and by the way, remember that hacker guy? Yeah, that was me. It's pretty much it. Um, I wanted this tied in, so I can't complain too much, Lou. I won't. Um, I'm happy for Mustafa Ali. I am not overly pleased with what happened with Retribution last night, and I don't think that's the strongest way to start what is meant to be your primary heel stable, like the primary protagonist or antagonist. Terrible. Um, so tell me, Lou, what did you think of last night? And we're going to get the BSometer up, and this is on WWE we're doing this on. Do you think this was the plan all along? I don't think we have a BSometer animation that just shows it completely one way. Breaking because the scale. Yeah. Breaking the scale. So I don't even think it's fair because there is no way this was the plan all along. No way in the slightest. Um, I think that the retribution angle on Raw sucked. It was the worst way... You, I think it's more damaging than when they announced the names and it was T-Bone Steak and Slap Nuts and whatever the hell the other names were. <laughs> this is worse because Ali, so Ali came in and everyone was so excited thinking, you know what, this could be what Retribution needs, that injection. And then they lose their first match. Yes, it wasn't to a bunch of nobodies, but it wasn't to the top, top, top. Hurt Business have been doing fantastic work, but they're not top, 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 especially Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, who are fantastic workers, but they haven't been treated as such. And th this comment here from Decca Red is 100% right. What a waste of a perfectly good angle that could have been good payoff to build up the stable. You could have teased, had, had the hacker return on Raw, maybe do some slight teases there. And nothing it was just sort of said in a line and whether we're even going to get to see more of that hacker stuff i don't know but it just seemed like such a waste of a of a thing that, that a lot of people were so excited about our friend gary cassidy turned himself into a detective on social media when this <laughs> angle was a thing looking at the coordinates the wwe were posting on okay. on the tweets and things like that and there was so much potential. And I can't remember the last time people would go onto Twitter and go, oh, did you notice this about the segment? This little Easter egg that you might not have seen. And it was just sort of gone, okay, yeah, I'm the hacker. But it's not even part of the story. And the annoying thing is, such a good promo from Ali. It was fantastic in terms of the delivery. Just the content wasn't there. Mm. I mean, for... Like again, I think Ali is still even doing well in these early embers of the story, like in terms of his talking and whatnot. But if we're led to believe that Survivor Series is the destination for um, Retribution and there's going to be a big time matchup for them there, it's not a great way to start off. It just isn't. You know, these are guys that are new to the audience. They need to be built up properly. And the Hurt Business have overcome them very easily. You know, I thought it was a really cool moment a few weeks ago when the Hurt Business took on, you know, what dozen, over a dozen of them. Um, 
and already they've overcome that mountain. It just feels like Retribution should have had more in their back pocket, been more resilient. Ali is teasing that there's more to come. But like you just said, why is the hacker like, okay, you've acknowledged it and you've tied up that loose end, but you haven't actually made it a part of the story. Why isn't he still doing these things? Like, why isn't he still messing with people then? Like, why did he all of a sudden stop? Like, no, this has been explained. As far as I know, um, Ali wasn't going to be the leader of Retribution originally. That's as far as I'm told. Um, I, I'm not saying that there ever was going to be one, but I always thought they needed one. I always thought that, you know, in fact, T-Bar called me out for it on Twitter for saying that they needed one by showing me their um, YouTube views, which is a good quantifier, apparently. So, I, I mean, I, I feel for them. I do, because I feel like with the names and the build and all of that stuff, they haven't been given a great platform anyway. And then WWE give them a loss. It just screams like I don't want them to be like the social outcasts or free MB, like early doors where they're just like a jobber group. They could be more. Um, and with Ali at the helm, I'd like them to be more. But, you know, um, I don't want to poo-poo it too off, too quick, right? I don't want to, like, I don't want to cast a, a shadow over it or anything like that, but it's just not how I would have done it. But then again, Louis, I don't own a wrestling promotion, so what do I know? Let's get on to our last hot take, Lou. Um, I feel like this is going to be a good one. Hey, uh, it's John. So I would say my most unpopular wrestling opinion would definitely be the fact that I think Jinder Mahal is a top 10 WWE champion of all time. I think he elevated that title to another level and not only the United States market, but the Indian market as well. And honestly, I think he brought Randy Orton back into relevancy with the Punjabi prison match and with bringing the great Khali back because obviously, I mean, he is the Maharaja. So like he has that effect on anybody that he steps in the ring with. Now, John, I like John. <laughs> I like John's moxie. Uh, can't say I agree with Jinder Mahal being a top 10 WWE champion ever, in the words of John, my good friend. Um, look, brought Randy... <laughs> I can't even say it. Brought Randy Orton back to relevancy, apparently. Um, that Punjabi prison match is one of the worst WWE title matches I've sat through. It was painfully boring painfully um love jinder by the way i've interviewed jinder on several occasions he is one of the nicest blokes you'll ever meet um and i'm glad that he got his moment because he worked hard right cool come on top 10 greatest ever lou no not not for me when i read saw this hot take when i was creating them i had to have a glass of milk because it was just too damn hot too damn spicy it was that yes yes <laughs> that, that is amazing here uh that is definitely a hot take of course it was <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had rick james here right now um oh the, these oh, this listen respectfully i would just because john seems like a great guy but respectively respectfully i will have to disagree it was a experiment and i applaud them for giving us something different just the wrong guy to do it with. It was. Would he even be top? <laughs> I don't think there's been a hundred. But no, he wouldn't. Um, I think there is cause to say Jinder Mahal would be in my ten worst WWE champions. 
<laughs> Some great comments. Sorry, For please. Podcast listeners, someone has just said, "Can someone go and check if John is okay?" And listen, oh, okay. he seemed like a lovely bloke. I he really seemed like a lovely, and his smile at the end was very was was infectious. But. uh Listen, he he would be for me one of the worst WWE champions. Not for not for his work. Yeah. He tried his hardest, and I commend him for that. He was put in a tough position where WWE were trying to break into the Indian market. They thought way to do this is to put the title on Jinder. Hang on, and then they had Triple H beat him in India. Don't forget that. Yeah, yeah, don't forget that. But it's also the fact that he beat Shinsuke Nakamura twice. That didn't help. Because we all rated, were raving about Shinsuke, and a couple of months after his main roster debut, Jinder's beating him. And that is by, although Jinder's not going, or as far as we know, but I would be shocked, he's not going into Vince, holding him ransom and saying, you need to make me beat Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> the decision is not it. his. Yeah. <laughs> the decision is not his, but by default, by the fact that he beat one of our favourites and someone that we wanted to see sort of progress up the card, we just by default weren't that into what he was doing. So for me, I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. And with the Punjabi prison match and the return of Great Carly, which wasn't even followed up on, it was the most boring match I think I've ever seen. Um, so I'm going to have to respectfully disagree. A lot of people in the comments are saying, isn't he Canadian? Yes, he is Canadian, um, but of Indian descent, as what he would say. Um, Flame Inc., don't hinder the gender. You're not wrong. Um, listen, I said this uh, earlier. I, I, Jinder is a really nice guy for anyone who ever meets him. Um, very sincere. Uh, I feel bad for him because he had a really bad injury like past couple of years. Um, and he was due to work with Drew. I know Louis was, was a guy who actually came up with that scoop. Um, they yeah. were due to work together. Uh, in fact, Louis, just because I know that that is true, that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that that's true. I'm going to give you that the sacred green BSometer. Um, but no, the, Jinder, for me, and I felt he actually did grow as champion. He did get better, but still, like, come on. He, he, it's not something I'd want to see again, and I mean that with um, the greatest respect. So, oh, we've got a couple of super chats to get to. Uh, Mandy Savage says, hot take, this is a delightful show. Cheers, uh, cheers on the launch, boys. Can't wait to see SB3 on Wednesday and Stephanie Chase on Thursday, too. It's a good lineup. It is a good lineup. A lineup that I actually um, went out and and picked myself. And uh, Louis has been a nice little—I uh, don't want to call you like a project of mine—but we've spoke. We spoke long before um, we started working together. When uh, Louis was in his uh, his early days, he's actually still a student. Can anyone believe that? Louis is still <laughs> a student. I'm 32. Yeah. You think you think with the amount of work that I do for my degree, I'm probably not a student. But uh, yeah, why you you would go back. <laughs> Don't take, don't let, don't let your parents hear what I, the advice I'm giving you. But I don't know why. <laughs> but no, uh, we appreciate obviously all the support you guys have given us on social media with the announcement and on the show in the comments. We massively appreciate it. And uh, when I'm not here, uh, SV3 and Steph will be here, who are fantastic. SV3, I think, watches more wrestling than anyone I know, and Steph probably knows AEW and New Japan better than most people I know. So you are in more than safe hands mm-hmm. with, with those two uh, at the helm. Ooh, Mayor of Painesville, Dan, says Slater versus Drew versus Jinder, WWE title one day. Let me tell you something, Dan. Yes, <laughs> I would actually watch that. I would. Um, I, I, I think... would not. What? You wouldn't watch it? Come on no. now. Let me tell you something. Slater has um, improved immensely. He, like, he, looks a, he looks a lot better and um, 
it seems kind of like renewed enthusiasm and impact. Jinder and Drew was going to happen, and I would have liked the story being told there. So why not? I mean, it would be fine for a one-off match. I'm not saying you build to Mania, Lou. Maybe, maybe a Raw, a Raw main event. Cool. Like an <laughs> open challenge. Or even pay-per-view. Oh, that... No, not not for me. Not for me. Uh, it, if you told me that, and I love Drew, I am a massive fan of Drew. If I looked at that, I would have said, all right, this is in a year or so's time. Drew has possibly lost the title and fallen down the card a bit, and this is an IC title feud or a US title feud. That is what that screams out to me. And I hate saying it because I love all three men involved, but there is always going to be that connotation of 3MB that didn't do anything for anyone, uh, at least in terms of credibility. So for me, I probably wouldn't be that interested in seeing it as, as a sort of pay-per-view. But if you told me for a one-off Raw, like Drew issues an open challenge and those two were to come out at the same time and you lead to it, oh, yeah, I, I, I'd, 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 I'd watch it okay. because it's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Not willingly. All right. Um, well, let, let's. there's a couple of comments I want to get to here. Decker Red, Tempest still knows more likely than uh, SB3, probably. Um, there's not much that that man doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Gabagir, I don't know how I'm going to say that. Gav, again, um, the way Louis is a year older than me and already doing so much, what a legend. I just thought I'd stroke your ego, Louis, and let you see that one, my friend. Um, it's too big. <laughs> uh, William, great show, guys. Now only a matter of time until Ali shuts it down. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Good luck, LOL. Man, Ollie is a uh, <laughs> is he our, is he going to be our nemesis, Lou? I, I think we're a friendly show, don't you? I do. I think we're the sort of show that Ollie will like. Ollie will. Ollie knows what's best. He knows what brings in the numbers, and we're gonna hopefully bring in the numbers for you guys and bring in a, a good show and make you guys feel like you're part of the conversation. So I think if Ollie's smart, he'll keep us. He'll keep us on air. <laughs> well, I must say that does bring us to a close. It's been an hour already. That's crazy, Lou. Um, but I really have enjoyed uh, getting involved with all of the people in the comments and bringing you the news, what we know. Uh, you know, it's, I think we delved quite deeply into what Raw happened and, of course, the main event running over, which um, I'm sure me and Louis will elaborate on for you on Twitter and in articles tomorrow. Um, but, of course, thank you so much for joining us, guys. I hope you had fun. I certainly have. And I'll be back tomorrow with SP3. Then I'll be back with Stephanie on Thursday. And then I'll be back with Louis again for some Friday Night Delight. So thank you so much, everyone, from the both of us. And we can't wait to see you again. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 